welcome to Shades of Blue, episode five. Our guest today has built a reputation as one of the leading supporters of emerging fashion talent in the industry. She was, in fact, awarded an MBE for services to the fashion industry by the Queen of England herself. She is also a dear friend and my fashion mummy of many years. I'm very excited to be able to have this chat with the lovely Alison Lowe author of brand new book and Bible, How to Start Your Own Fashion Label, which is available now. Now, whilst we were filming this interview, um, we had a little bit of a sound garden of uh, Suki barking, Juno running around with an assortment of uh, shapes, textures and devices. Slamming um, Slamming windows. windows. Um, what planes. Could have been a, yeah, planes. Um, boats. boats. Um, so we really hope that you enjoy this very immersive audio experience. Lovely Ali, who I have worked with since the inception of the brand, pretty much. Yeah. Um, who is a fashion mentor PR superstar. Thank you. <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself in your own words? Oh, very hard, because this gets to the bit where I've got lots of hats. Um, So, I own two agencies in London, uh, Felicity's PR, which has been going for 16 years, which, though PR-based, is a bit of an incubator, and Start Your Own Fashion Label, which is a a platform offering support to emerging fashion labels. And then in addition to that, as if that doesn't keep me busy enough, I act as consultant and mentor to various brands, and also teach quite a lot of masterclasses these days on entrepreneurship um, and specialising in emerging labels. Amazing, amazing. As I say, they're the superstar um, and yeah, for those of you who don't know Ali, she is very much ahead of the game as it relates to the fashion industry. Um, you probably would have heard me already talk about how stagnant and backwards most of it is and you know, Ali is part of the forward momentum into a better fashion future. Yeah, looking at the new dawn of the way of doing it differently instead of looking back at the past. Yeah, or desperately clinging on to the past because the future's really scary. Which yeah, I think is, uh... yeah, just everybody just copying what everybody else does because that must be okay. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, in your experience, what are the key issues specific to the fashion industry that contribute to poor mental health? I think, particularly around emerging labels, the lack of support. Um, knowing who to go to for advice and support and some of the support that you get is to someone else's advantage rather than your brand's advantage. I think there's a lot of people unfortunately out there that take advantage of very young designers and perhaps lead them in the wrong path and that makes them struggle with you know questioning their own ability, questioning who do I ask for help and anything like that actually leads to isolation is going to cause mental health problems. Sure, I get that. I think with fashion especially, I've, I've certainly found that everyone I encountered, encountered wanted to put their stamp on it without actually really thinking about what the brand is about yeah. and what the founder is about. I, I think the person is a really important part of it. I think, you know, a business is a business at the end of the day. But the person behind it and what they want to achieve is the most important thing. That person has set up a business for a purpose and they have things that they want to achieve with it and they need support for that rather than other people saying you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way. 
Um, and I think that's where then somebody starts to question themselves and perhaps I've got it wrong. Perhaps I'm the only person that feels like this in the industry. I, I, I hear that a lot. I hear a lot of people who come to me and think, you know, oh, I thought I was the only one. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's it was really, just me. I think being a founder is really isolating and um, fashion is definitely like people keep their cards very close to their chest. Like it's, it's really difficult to even find information about the fundamental things. Like I, I can't even remember how the lengths I had to go to to find out what a wholesale markup would be or thing, you know, th those things that are just absolutely basic. But um, they're not they're, out there. They're not out there, and people seem to be, or certainly um, a few years ago, I think it's getting a little bit better now, but were um, so scared of like people coming up and being able to compete with them that they wouldn't share any kind of information. Yeah, which I is think really sad. I think that's the other thing is this this fear of if I share it, then somebody's going to steal my idea. Um, I may look stupid. People won't take me seriously if I ask certain questions. So again, everything, you start to bottle it all up and the more you bottle something up, the worse it becomes. This is actually quite a good moment to talk about your book because it's very much about providing that essential information that has up to this point been really hard to access. So the, pur the purpose of the book was to take people through the process step by step instead of rushing to the end and going, I've made my collection and I've got it all and now what do I do? So thinking about the process all the way through but also up to date because most of the books that are out there are based on a 1950s business model, which we no longer work to. Um, so looking at old fashioned retailing and wholesaling. And I wanted, though we have included that in the book because it is an option for brands, it's not the first option. So the book's very much looking at the future as well of how to do things differently. Um, very much advising people not to follow the path that everybody else did, but to be entrepreneurial and find their own route as well. Yeah, very smart. Um, and I say that I wish I had this book when I started, but I had you when I started. So <laughs> all that, all that amazing information right there. Um, and yeah, I can uh, attest to the fact that being able to take that outlook from the beginning has been extremely helpful because you do feel you you kind of come into it there's all this sort of hype around like new gen type designers and stuff that actually are all still following quite an antiquated model and you think like oh is that what I'm supposed to be yeah. doing to be able to be that and then you see those same brands come sort of crashing down however long later because they've been they've had so much um kind of grant support <coughs> actually they're operating on like a false economy and haven't had the opportunity over the years they've been in business to actually learn about being in business yeah um so so yeah i think being able to start with your head screwed on business wise um is massive and you don't learn that in uni yeah. either you come out having really just learned about the design process I think it's really important as well that I know people and most people who start up their labels are designers but to think about yourself as an entrepreneur as well yeah. and running your business your way what's best for you um, I think one of the things that the fashion industry has always done is tell everybody you have to run a business this way and in any other sector that would be the complete opposite to how you tell people you tell people differentiate your brand do things differently don't all manufacture at the same time because you won't get a good deal. Don't try and sell it at the same time as everybody else. Everything that every other industry would talk about, fashion seems to do the complete opposite, and I've never understood that. Yeah, it's um, it's just always really behind um, every everything else. And I think 
in terms of mental health as well, which is you know one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, so for you, um, what personal mental health struggles have you come up against working in the industry? I think the same as probably Brands is people telling me I had to do things a certain way and you do start to question yourself and think, well, perhaps I am going to fail if I do it my way and do it differently. And I think the thing of trying to be different and doing things differently is then you don't fit into the group, the little clique around the fashion industry. So I think at the beginning, particularly, I very much tried to adapt myself to be the person um, that fitted in. I felt like there was always this, you have to be a persona yeah to be in the industry I would do so as well there's you don't have to be a per- I think there was this thing about being a personality yeah rather than just it's not about me actually it's about the brands I support and somebody else it's people telling me all the time that I had to be this certain person and, and I think to some extent I did count out to that in the beginning yeah but just along the line just thought and excuse my French, fuck it, I'm doing it my doing way. It and if I believe in it, then I'm going for it because I think if I believe in it, then I'll make it happen because it's the right thing. I'm a great believer in gut instinct. Yeah, and I think you you only learn how to use gut instinct with practice and with, you know, gradually you get more and more proof that your gut instinct's right and it becomes easier to follow it. But it was the first time, because my background isn't fashion, so my background was business and creative um, altogether, so working with design companies. But there was this element of the fashion industry that I hadn't come across anywhere else where people want to take you down yes. rather than support you. Yeah. They want to tell you exactly what they think you should do and why you won't succeed and who the hell do you think you are coming along and you have to take our advice. So I think I've seen it as much as the brands that I've worked with have seen it as well. And there's still people in the industry having just come out of the other side of Fashion Week who still don't like me don't want to connect with me, want to try and take me down because I don't fit into their mould of what they want for the fashion industry because I'm too outspoken now about it. Sure, sure. Um, it's Yeah, I think one of the things that's quite challenging when you're coming in is you, in most industries, you're going to want to take advice from the person who has the most experience in that industry. But in fashion, if, you ha- if you're the majority of people, like you being an exception, who been working in the industry for 20 years they're actually probably not the best people to take advice from because they're still hanging on to a very old system and haven't actually evolved to stay up to date with how things how things work now which is really confusing yeah when you're coming in because you feel very pressured to take advice from people who you would think know better um, but I think sometimes they don't even though you're quite green I think sometimes as well, particularly now, I mean, one of my biggest issues is a lot of the people are giving advice and trying to keep an industry going because it keeps their jobs going. And I can understand the fear factor from their side that they need to keep their jobs. But in order to keep their jobs, they are giving bad advice to other people to do things in a certain way that justifies keeping their job yeah I mean especially a three letter acronym that we won't mention that we won't mention <laughs> we had a big issue with over the last but uh, you know this the same again there are organisations and it isn't just our, our local UK ones it's there's organisations yeah. around the world that are trying to hold on to the old business model because it keeps their jobs and 
because they're not moving forward, because they're not being visionary, it's holding the rest of the industry back. Yeah. And that's a challenge. So anybody young coming into the industry who wants to do things differently is up against this constant like, no, you've got to do it this way, yeah, you've got to do it this way. And made to feel And made to feel bad or stupid for not doing it. Yeah. So very, very difficult times. So for young entrepreneurs on their own, for young designers, you know, they need that support mechanism of other people who think like they do, because otherwise you're just going to come up against brick wall, brick wall. That's very, it's very true. And I think when you're, if you are um, setting out to create your own business model, um, to be able to do something like that without a precedent to follow, you do need to be supported by like-minded people because it's really scary when you don't have any type of um, roadmap to follow, really. Um, That's certainly like one of the things that I've found most challenging. I've got, I've been, taught what my benchmarks should be and I look at it now and they're all part of the old industry and I can't use that to um, evaluate my success when I'm working on a different model so it's really difficult for me to figure out how to evaluate my success and that makes me really anxious. Um, But also good that you are starting to think about how do I evaluate my success because the problem with a lot and that's a big reason why there is mental health problems in the industry is people not stopping to evaluate the successes that they've got. Even if it's a small success every day, as in I got out of bed and made it to my desk. (laughs) But I think one of the things in the industry that's another problem is this constantly striving, it's got to be, and that was led by seasons, it's got to be next season, I've done this, I'm moving on to the next season and the next, and never having chance to actually stop and say, hey, it'll be okay. You know, yeah, this is what I've achieved. To stop and actually be creative rather than just be doing the thing for the sake of it. I think like when I eventually went seasonless with CC, it was because I realised I'm spending two weeks a year probably doing the thing I love, which is designing, and it's a chore because it's like, oh shit, I've got to get this done for this date, and it's a it's a stress rather than a passion. And a creative can't work to that a creative mind needs to work in a different way yeah it does you need headspace yeah and needs to be creative at the time they need to be creative and run their business so trying to create your own business model that allows you and and creativity can be in obviously creating your collection but also being creative in the content you create in the way you sell and communicate with your customer absolutely that marketing is as exciting as design in a way because you're getting to use the same part of your brain and um you know problem solving in a fun creative way and if you if you have the time to do that so building a business model that gives you the time to do that actually they are all the things that the customer actually wants the customer doesn't care actually about seasons and about fashion weeks going on they want to connect with awesome brands that they feel some sort of you know connectedness with and they want to know about that brand and what's going on behind it and the imagery that they create and they want that engagement but the industry isn't doing that because they're trying to be like, you've got to do this at this time and this at that time. Yeah. And again, it's that 1950s business model. They're not looking at what the millennial consumer wants. They're again building a business model that isn't taking any connection from that. Yeah. Those businesses are going to fail. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's been interesting um, over the last few years just seeing, I mean, very, very slow, but still some degree of change in wholesale so one, you know one of the reasons I stuck doing seasons for so long is so I had wholesale as an option because you're kind of forced to um, but 
some of the bigger stores now are starting to finally get their head around the concept of seasonless or drops. Um, and once that changes industry-wide, um, I think that's going to have a huge impact because brands aren't going to feel quite so trapped into, oh, it has to be wholesale or e com yeah, and I, I think the thing, one of the problems I have with wholesale for young brands as well is the feedback mechanism. So the brands that I now have, that many of them who used to do wholesale but now do direct to consumer, they are happier because they connect with their customer yeah. and they get good feedback and they know that they are talking directly to people who appreciate what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. Whereas the old wholesale model, it was just people being demanding of them and there was very little feedback. I mean, the store's always going, well, I want something different and I want to be able to sell more or your pricing is wrong. Yeah, do and it was in this colour. Yeah, it was negative, yeah. negative, negative. And so the brands that have switched over, when they actually do direct to consumer, are actually happy now because they get really good positive feedback. So I've just had some brands that, instead of doing, you know, Fashion Week seasons, have been doing a pop-up shop. Yeah. They come out of Fashion Week's far happier because they've talked to customers. They've got money in their pockets because they've actually yeah, sold well, actually something. Yeah, actually something that generates revenue at Fashion Week. <laughs> so rather than, yeah, rather than just spending a lot of money, yeah. they've come back with money. But also it is that connecting with the consumer. It actually makes you feel good as a creative if you've got somebody in front of you who loves what you do. Yeah. And the problem with the wholesale market is you're very distanced from that. Yeah, you don't get to learn who, who your consumer is. And you don't even get the... You, you have you only have data on what the buyers are buying, which actually might be quite different to what a direct customer would be buying. Yeah. Um, so at every level, you get a really skewed, um, a really skewed feedback. And I think for your again for your mental health things, you need people who give you positive feedback. It's yeah, that checking in: Am I doing it right? Do people care? What do they care about? Yeah. I think I see so many brands that when they do wholesale, they just talk to a buyer like twice a year. And that was it. That was their con yeah, connection with the outside world. And it is demoralising. They've you know, stood in trade fairs for five days and not spoken to anybody <laughs> that's wanted to talk to them. You know, it's, it's a soul-destroying business in that way. But if you get in front of a, a customer, even if you do a little trunk show or pop-up shop and you've got five people that stop and say, oh, this is lovely, you feel more positive about your business and it makes you want to go on. Yeah, and it, it reinforces that you're doing something right. right whereas you, yeah, you've absolutely... If you're doing just wholesale, there is very little of that reinforcement, or it takes a really long time to get it, and you might have already tapped out by then because it's so depressing. Yeah, so I think to me, one of the things with mental health with running a business is making sure you have those systems to just say, okay, stop, let me review what I'm doing. Am I doing what I love still, or have I been driven down a path to create something that I don't even like as a product? I see a lot of brands that five years after starting their label are actually creating something they don't even personally care about anymore. Or, you know, those little things of what have I achieved? Am I going in the right direction? What's, am I happy with what I'm doing? Rather than finding yourself in a business years down the line that you're not actually enjoying anymore. Yeah. So I think having those checking points for mental health reasons are really good. So I often say to people, take time out, process what you are doing. Because again, if you're in the mind, if you're in the mindset of you know every day drive forward, drive forward, drive forward. Sometimes there's some really good learning that's happened, but you don't take it on board because you're there just moving on to, to the reflect. next thing. Yeah. So time for reflection really important for your mental health. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, so how have you seen mental health as an issue 
change over the last 10 years in the industry, like for better or for worse, or if at all? I don't know that it's changed that much. I still think if it's a brand that is sticking to industry format, it's it's as bad if not worse because I think the industry is tough, the market is really bad, but because there are so many companies holding on to that old business model and trying to force brands into doing it, then I think actually the mental health problems are worse. Yeah. I have to say, if coming out of a fashion week of seeing young brands who weren't ready to participate, shouldn't have been doing trade shows, were literally screwed over by numerous people, organizers, PR companies, to do something that they weren't ready, they will have burnt out. They will go away and feel that they have failed. It's not their failure, it's the failure of organizers, PR companies, who are telling them to do things that they aren't ready to do. Um, because they need to keep their jobs going because they're just taking money. So I think, you know, younger brands who are absolutely being taken advantage of by the industry, it will just burn them out. And that feeling that they will go away, whether from this country or from overseas, thinking that they have failed, that they took part in Fashion Week or took part in some event and they didn't get anything from it, they didn't get hardly any likes or Instagram posts or press features and certainly no buyers. They're going to think that's their fault and it isn't it's a heartless industry that has just taken advantage of them and i feel really passionate about trying to change that in the industry and how do you see it changing in the next or say five years three to five years do you think it will i think it'll be slow because there are people who want to cling on to that old method I just hope that it's actually at things like university level where they start saying, do things differently. Don't just fall into that business path. And hopefully if people start to be a bit more outspoken about saying, I tried that, it didn't work and it's okay. The problem is, is when things don't work, people just disappear in yeah, this industry and you never hear from them well, again. They certainly won't shout about it. Yeah, and one of the things about setting up your own business or being an entrepreneur is it's okay to fail. Some of our biggest businesses in the world failed first time round. Um, some of our biggest fashion brands, Ralph Lauren, Coco Chanel, all went bust first time out. It's okay to fail, you've learned something. So don't be scared to say it, say what went wrong, and then maybe you'll get the support to come out and make a success of it the first, you know, the second time round. It's okay, but because everybody just disappears and hides and doesn't want to say where things are going wrong, the industry will stay so I think we need to find some mechanism to allow people to say I don't like this this isn't working what do we do differently I'm not sure how we do that but if we don't then in five years we're going to be in the same place we are now yeah sure would you say uh, I mean obviously fashion has always been an extremely image-based industry so voicing any kind of failures um, a bit of a faux pas but would you say it's got worse with social media and the whole kind of highlight reel culture yeah I think it has got much worse I think you know this whole obsession with Instagram and you know the the likes the approval needed through that and if you don't get that instant approval what's going on oh I don't exist as a person if I don't get that approval so again that's going to be a huge problem it's going to be interesting how when Instagram take away the likes yeah, because again, that's I'm your excited about that. reconfirmation that what I'm doing is okay, and once it's gone, 
what does that mean? If people can't, and it's not you getting the likes, it's other people being able to see that you got the likes that seem to be the yeah, interesting sure. bit. We need to go and change culture. It's all about cultural change, all of it. How? I don't know. How do we persuade people to come out and say what's wrong? I'm not sure, but we need to do something. Yeah, and how, because um, obviously it's, you know, being a founder of any type of business is quite an isolating place to be, so we all seek validation where we can find it. How can young designers or young fashion founders find a bit more validation from within when they're not able to get that external um, feedback? I think be one of the things I always say to everybody who opens a business, decide what you want to achieve. Set yourself goals, small goals, not necessarily great big. So you have your long-term goals and your small ones and do a check-in. Put a date in your diary that you're going to say at least every three months, okay, I'm going to stop on that day and that day I'm going to review what I'm doing and where I'm doing it and am I happy with what I've achieved. Um, try and get some either friends, family involved in it as well so that you actually stop and tell somebody else what you've achieved. Because I think again the thing is you don't tell anybody else about what you've achieved. Sure. And family and friends are perhaps waiting and they're a bit scared to ask because perhaps they think, well, perhaps they're struggling and they don't know what they're doing. So share your goals with other people to do it. Find a network of other small designers that you can get together and actually support each other in doing that. Whatever it is, find some system that you can check in and think, I'm doing okay, or if not, I'm struggling. Where am I gonna to go to get help? And do it at that point rather than wait, you know, the end of the year, the end of two years, yeah. five years. If you don't reflect on what you're doing, often the asking for help comes too late. Yeah. So start asking for help much earlier. That's very, very sound advice. Yeah, so we, we've spoke a bit about what's in the book. Um, tell the listeners where they can get the book and when they can get the book. So the book is available now on Amazon. It is actually up, it was going to be for just for the 1st of October, but it's actually already out um, on Amazon. It's half price up to the 1st of October and then it goes over to full price. Of course, and this will be released before the 1st of October, so. So get in quick. Get in quick. And then later on in the year, it will be in every water, Waterstones, and it's also going into the libraries of most fashion universities around the world. Amazing. And I share think. the title of the book, because I don't think we have yet. Oh yeah, that would help, <laughs> wouldn't it? It is the definitive guide to how to start your own fashion label. Brilliant. Brilliant. By the effervescent Alison J. Lowe. Oh, so <laughs> yes. I keep forgetting to tell people that I have to tell them the book title, that really helps. So yeah, how to start your own fashion like, label. We will, we will link through to it in the show notes as well. I'm not good at this. Somebody actually asked me to sign one the other day and I completely lost the plot. <laughs> See, this is part of that, you know, absorbing the absorbing the wins and reflecting on your successes. Yeah, it like. is. We have to, we all have to. I know I've been a, I've owned my own businesses since I was 17 and the first few businesses, I was really bad at it. I was a bad entrepreneur. You know, I often ended up running a business that I didn't even like. I had one business that I used to cry going to work every single day because I hated it so much, but just that I had to keep doing it. So a lot of the things I say to people is because I have learned and I have been there um, as a business owner and you need to re run a business that you love because that's why you started it in the first place. Very, very sound advice. 
Um, and last question for you, which we ask everyone, and it could be related to anything going on in the world right now. <laughs> what would your protest sign say? Oh, that's a challenging one. I would say I want to nurture creative minds. Like it. I like it. And you do. I try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Oh, it's my